Olivier de Rivière. I've been working on Lake Tale, Streets of Rage 4, the upcoming Dying Light 2, because it's official, and previously some other games. You know, among them, Assassin's Creed, Black Flag, Freedom Cry. Another one is Remember Me. And a long time ago, it was Alone in the Dark and Obscure series, and many more. Of all the projects that you've worked on, what do you feel are some of the most emotional tracks you've produced? Well, it depends what you think about emotions in video games, because if you think about it like emotions, like in movies, it's different, because emotions in games are more about, let's say, not a passive only thing, but an active thing. So emotionally, if you go and say, okay, because this music XYZ is sad, joyful, whatever, you know, is emotional as it is in a movie, then yeah, I did some. But if you think, oh, in the games such as Streets of Rage 4, people, you can look it up online on YouTube. They say these very moments in the music made me so emotional, so engaged in the game. So like, and this is what I'm much more after than anything else. It's much more about interactivity and the relationship between the players, let's say, not only emotions, but also engagement, reward, and all of that. So in that aspect, I believe that many of my latest work, I mean, from the beginning, actually, but you can have, I don't know, the stuff in a Plague Tale that is very emotional because the closer you get to an enemy, the bigger the music. So it gives you this feeling of, oh my God, this is a huge enemy. I'm a child. It's a big adult. And as I mentioned, Streets of Rage 4, or, you know, like, of course, there is like some sequence in A Plague Tale, for instance, because it's like a movie. <laughs> like you have like, you're losing a friend and, you know, there's this music and it's sad. And, but that's not like, that's not my main goal. You have to do it, but I'm focused much more on the experience, like for the players. Say you're tasked with composing a track for a really dramatic scene in a game, like potentially one of the ones you just mentioned. How do you, from idea to execution, What's your step-by-step process? If you think as a movie, aka a cutscene or a scripted scene, okay, so let's say it's a scripted scene, so not to be so close to a movie, but let's just say it's just like you entering a room as a gamer, then you have the next room and next room, next room, and each of these rooms needs to build up the fact that the last room will be very emotionally dramatic, whatever. The process of making games is not like making movies. So you're not going to be like, give me the video of the scene and I will write the music for. It's much more like something you need to project on, understanding what are like the different steps. Let's say that the first room is completely empty. The second room has like, and that's terrible, but this is the way it is. Some, you know, like things for looting for some achievements. And then... The players won't go through the rooms with the pace you supposed they would go with, but rather they would go and, you know, like crawl around the walls and be like, ah, I need to press A, you know, to get everything that I need for this achievement. And it's killing the mood somehow. So bottom line is it's very difficult to build up something that will put players into one very controlled, in an emotional sense. Still, you can't in a Plague Tale, you have this sort of dream. I don't want to spoil anybody, but, you know, there's this sequence where it's very, very dramatic. And I remember some level designers have added some things to loot. And the creative director was like, are you kidding me? That's not the point. It's more about that. Once again, it's more about the players and be like, okay, 
envisioning what's the pacing of things to build up around that and making sure that, okay, at this very moment, we are in control. And if not, we need to make things so you in inject enough of the feeling, but not too much because it can last much longer than what you, you expected. So, and kill the mood. So anything else is just movie-like, you know, it's just, yeah, there's a cutscene. you write music and mm. it's, you know, walk in the park. So your score for Remember Me was a really big part of what made that game so special. What were some of your inspirations for that soundtrack? Because it was very cyberpunk. There is nothing very fancy about how I made it. I just discussed, and this is what I do with every game. I discussed with the creative director and for instance, Jean-Max, the creative director was like telling me, this world is about digitizing memories, manipulating them. So I was like, all right, digitizing an organic form, AKA the orchestra, and then manipulating the orchestra. It's so easy once you understand it, you're like, oh, okay. Now the way I did it, it's maybe a little more fancy, like, okay, all these sort of granular effects. This is much based on granular effects. The one thing I did want was that everything that was electronic, most of those things you listen is just a granular effect on the orchestra. It's not synth. So, you know, that's it. It's how you get inspired by just listening to people. Do you ever wish that you could return to that world or even just like that genre? Because you've done a lot of different genres in the games that you've scored for, so. Yeah, that's what I like. Mm. You know, if you look up some of the interview from one of the greatest composers, Vangelis, uh, at some point, you know, the interviewer asked him, so being so successful gave you freedom? And he doesn't answer. He looks at the eyes of the guys and he's like, that's exactly what I want to avoid. I don't want people to put me in such label and be like, oh, remember me style music will be this guy. And that's it. And if you want something else like a plague tale, no, you need to go to this guy. And if you want street separation, you should go to this girl, you know, whatever. No, no, no. I hope, I mean, not because it's on purpose for sure, but I hope people don't see me as one style, but rather as serving the game. That's, let's say, the style. And I think that's the approach of, Many, 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 many people. Now, do I have reflexes into my own way of composing? Maybe. You could like maybe look it up and be like, yeah, that's the same guy. But it's, it's unconscious. I'm like, okay, whatever. So you also composed for Vampire, like the vampire RPG. What was that experience like? Because that was a very unique game. Yeah, everything's unique. I know that from the outside, you know, looking at games and making things such as yeah, the game sucks, or this is wrong, this is bad, this is not good visually, the gameplay sucks. Or When we do games, we all know everything that people will tell us later. We all know. So we're not like particularly driven by the fact that this very game is special. We're driven because any game we're doing is special. And Vampire is as special as any other games that I do. And Vampire was, you know, same thing. The creative director was like, it's London, it's First World War, industrial, and we have this guy all alone struggling with his own beast. And I was like, all right, so because it's London and those streets, I created this sort of echoing, dun, 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 you know, stereo type sort of industrial background. And then because he said he's human enough, but he has this beast in him, I was like, okay, I'm going to twist a cello because usually cellos are for, you know, like... It's like piano, you know, everybody's like, oh, that's beautiful and it's emotional and blah, 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 you know, like, 
uh, all these games and movies where cello are uh, used extensively, but me, I wanted the cello to be out of tune. I wanted the cello to do things that nobody have heard. So it was like that, that we created this sort of soundscape unique for Vampire. How do you personally believe that video game soundtracks can affect a player's emotion? Once again, it's not about, I mean, if you're talking about emotions are limited in the way they've envisioned by people most of the time. A lot of things that I hear is like, yeah, music is emotions. And you're like, come on, you know, it's like saying there is water in the ocean. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's okay. Now, how do you use that in a context that is not a movie? How do you use music in a context that is more like not about emotions per se, but let's say personal experience that you want either to drive or to be driven. Drive is when you with the music and the creative director impose on players, such as in the Plague Tale, a sort of overwhelmed feeling that you want them, like everybody will feel the same way all over again. In opposition to this, we can be like, oh, depending on the style of the gamer, we will make the music react to whatever he or she does. And then the music is not about what we wanted them to feel, but rather what they want to experience themselves. And you have many, many differentiations, like many, many approaches for that in in the game industry. Uh, Not enough, in my opinion. But the thing is, that's to me more important than being covering just emotions because emotions in games are, I won't say irrelevant because we do have stories, we do have... And, you know, if you've played The Last of Us Part Two, I mean, they got rid of every, I mean, almost every emotions. It's yeah. just guttural, visceral discomfort. You yeah, know, it's yeah. very rare when you feel like an emotion per se, you know? It's more like, oh, you're, you, I hate playing this amazing game. Yeah, you know? just like, it's, yeah, you know, but that's, yeah, I guess yeah. The, this is what they wanted to do. But the way they use music was very, let's say, functional. You know, it's like, uh, you know, something's happening. Oh, you've been spotted. Yeah. Is there a franchise that you just love to work on? Whether it's games or movies, even any anything. I hate franchise, tell you the oh, truth. Yeah? And doing Dying Light 2 or Assassin's Creed or, you know. If I'm the one who started the franchise, then I'm all for it, of course. But going after people is something that I don't much like for many reasons. The number one is like, well, I need to pay respect to what was done because it's important. Uh, and number two, we have fans. We have people that have expectations. And then you're like, oh my God, yeah. They, they, you know, I would rather have the guy or the, the girl who wrote the music on the first iteration to do all of the games, yeah. you know, at least to, to, to make it like at the main theme or whatever for each game but to keep the flavor than having Assassin's Creed. It was Jesper Kid, and then it became anybody could do that. And I was very sort of, not upset, but frustrated. And now he's back, not fully, but I hope the next one he's going to do it himself on his own because that's how it should work. Are there any other composers that you admire or look up to? Yeah, classical Shostakovich, that's, you know, the one, but there are so many Britain, there are yeah, so many composers, I mean, Prokofiev, of course, and so many, so I, I can't, I mean, all of these guys, I mean, that's for sure. The last one who really made an impact on me in terms of 
music for films, despite all the legendary composers, uh, is Don Davis that nobody speak about. But if you listen to Remember Me, if you know this soundtrack, you know that there is some place where it's the Matrix, because basically the latest, yeah, it's been 20 years. That's crazy. Latest score that made an impact on me. I was like, oh my God. So there is no melody, no nothing. Yet you put three seconds of that music to anybody and people will say, that's the matrix. How do you do that? It's an achievement on its own. It's beyond anything that I can, you know, and I'm not talking about two and three. I'm talking first. That's an amazing score. So yeah, Don Davis. And yeah, he's, he's amazing. He did something amazing. What I hope that people would understand is like music for games is not music for movies is not music for whatever it's for games and i hope that the young generation the composers whatever designers creative directors design you know will understand that music in games can be much more than just like let's say oh there's the music there's the sound design there's the, the dialogues and you know all of that i hope we will find more approaches in the near future i know it's difficult the more you do it the more light there will be we need to grow with this. So that's what I'm about. You know, it's not about me. I, I'm just like, you know, people will forget about John Williams, like they forgot about Jerry Goldsmith, like they will forget about Herman. Of course, some people know about him. You know, we're all going to fade and I'm not at this level ever. So it's not about us. You know, it's, it's just an ego thing. But it's more about the work, the craft, you know, of the, the, the job and I try to put my own little stone to this, not for me, but for, you know, this thing. And I hope that people will continue this thing because I'm so fed up with the regular approach that is like, oh yeah, fight, music for fight, exploration, exploration, cutscene, emotions, that's it. Mm -hmm. All right, I must go, I'm sorry. Okay, Thank you for your interest. Mm -hmm.